0: This is Raspberry Lemonade, the Arnold Palmer of podcasts—a refreshing dive into the stories of industry professionals, both sweet and sour. And now, your host, Mr. Levi. Welcome back. Please enjoy this archive episode of Raspberry Lemonade, first recorded at the Mirage in Las Vegas, July 2022. And we're back on Raspberry Lemonade. I'm your host Levi. We've got two awesome people on the show today. Introduce yourselves real quick.
1: Hello, my name is Daniel Camacho.
0: And
2: I'm Carlos Suriel.
0: Yeah. yeah. They're brothers. They're they actually have a lot of ventures. We're gonna talk about it, right? <laughs> and they you know came here to learn a little more about real estate investing. And uh, yeah, we're going to get to know them a little bit, so thank you for coming and joining us today.
2: Thank you, Levi, for having us. appreciate it. It's our first podcast, so I mean, bear with us, but sounds like it'll be fun.
0: Yeah, I really
1: appreciate you inviting us, you know, taking time out of your...
0: It should be fun. Thank you. Yeah, we're figuring out the technical stuff, so we're going to kind of be looking down mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, <laughs> throughout the thing, but we'll get through it. We'll push through. Uh, so I, what i like to ask all my guests is to tell us a little bit about yourselves, you know, maybe like your main business, your main uh, way that you guys support yourselves. Then um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we mainly uh, focus on doing marketing. That's how all the business that we have right now came, came from. Um, our dad owns a radio station. So, you know, seeing him just do uh, traditional uh, marketing and having a marketing agency for other businesses and um, uh, seeing him how running a business, it's just way different than having a job and eventually catching up to that vision. Then that's why we ended up here. So right now, what uh, what I focus on is mainly on mastering the, the marketing aspect of business And I'm here because of this guy right here, but he can elaborate more on that.
0: (laughs) El (laughs) culpable. Yeah, so he
2: he nailed it pretty good. Um, We've kind of been learning from from our dad, you know, kind of the business aspects of behind, you know, the radio. Kind of like we learned, like it's not about, you know, the fun stuff. It's about the things that go on behind the scenes. So that has been, you know, obviously a, a learning experience for the both of us. For the good sometimes it's things that you know are a little bit more boring or things like that but they have um sculpted us and and, and carved us into you know that mindset that it's not just what looks fun it's kind of like more of the back end that's going to really make the difference at the end and i've been a realtor for about a year now and right now for about a month i've been in this future for program Levi's in seen it as well so we're just kind of learning a little bit of other opportunities that are available in, in the real estate space
0: yeah most definitely that's awesome i And again, we talked a little bit off air, you know, when we first met uh, at the welcoming, you know, party, how I think it's so cool that you guys are siblings and you're going into this venture together. Like that's, that's awesome. Yeah, we were just in uh, Orlando last week because I took him to the uh,
1: there was a, a ClickFunnels uh, uh, event out there in Orlando, where you know talk about the systems, lead generation, you know building your brand, you know content, YouTube, all that, all, you name it, it was out there. So I told Zuriel um, uh, I was like, "Hey, bro, we gotta go to uh, to this event in in Orlando. I know you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna like it, you're gonna need it." And he was like, "You know, he never even probably probably heard about ClickFunnels once or twice, you know." And that was we. A bit- if not, the is because I, re- it, I was like yeah i mean <laughs> i'll
2: go ahead and go um it was it was a little bit of a trip a little bit of a mission to to get there and get back but it was it was fun
1: yeah um so i ended up taking them you know and uh, just we've f- 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 there was a lot of knowledge there there was a lot of uh, systems softwares you know ideas that that came to fruition and um Then he's like, hey, I have this mastermind for real estate. So he supported me on the uh, marketing asset, which I know he's going to get value from too. So now it's my turn to support him and on this flipping journey. I'm like, bro, you know, I'm going to focus on, doing what i do which is i focus more on doing concerts for the radio you know mexican concerts and all that and i'm like some of the revenue that we can generate from these concerts we can dump them into real estate you know so i need you to really master that industry so we can really take it to the next level
0: you know there you go yeah Yeah. then that teamwork is like man that's freaking awesome (laughs) yeah
2: yeah just kind of trying to complement each other like you said um He's a little bit more oriented on the on the concert side. I'm a little bit more on the on the real estate side. But trying to see how we can make the uh, two businesses work for each other. So obviously on the concert side, there's thousands of eye- eyeballs at the concert. So find a way that I can get in front of them, whether they want to buy a house, you know, just through a regular real estate transaction, or if they're trying to get a real a place that I, I could flip or, you know, do different things with. So and, and vice versa, if I have clients, you know, um, try to, you know, maybe, I don't know, find a, find a way, I can't even put it into words right now, but find a way to get my clients to also support the other businesses that we have going on, um, and just kind of, like Ryan said, you know, all, you know, get like a cloud going, and then just kind of work them out
0: together. Right, I think you actually mentioned how your idea was something like, maybe the real estate business uh, sponsors the event, you know, and that's how people hear about it, Yeah. and they're already there, so I mean, they're like, oh, they're going to start recognizing the name. And you're already making revenue at the event. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, absolutely. So I, I was like, I mean, now coming to this convention, kind of like, you know, obviously you go to the masterminds to learn and you got to tweak things around. But uh, I was like, OK, I want to make I want to build the business within the side of the business, you know, so. Uh, I focus at first, obviously, learning how to negotiate. And the negotiation is where the profits are, you know, in anything. And I, I believe that in the negotiations are where the profits are. If you don't negotiate the prices of of, of, uh, of the things that you're putting together, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. So you first you negotiate, for example, in my business, which is probably the same in flipping, you got to negotiate the price, you know, the price in the artist, the price of the venue. And then um, just in case things go south, but uh, what my point is that I was like, okay, let's build businesses inside of the business. So we put 3,000, 4,000 people inside a venue where all the, the eyeballs are looking at us, you know, at the event or the MC or whatever. Okay, so those people need beer, so let's get a beer license, you know. Uh, those people need food, so I got a food truck. Put the food truck on there. And then, and then uh, the events, we need sponsorships, right? So I'm like, we're going to put you, Suriel, as a sponsor where maybe you get one lead. You know, one percent converts. That's fine. Doesn't matter. We're still gonna do the concerts, whether you're you're on there or not. We're still gonna we're still doing them. So I'm like, I need you to okay, okay. Because one thing is putting you on there and getting you the leads, and another thing is like, okay, what are you gonna do after that? You know. So I tell coming coming I'm um, going to ClickFunnels, learning the whole content strategies. Coming here, talking about it, the YouTube and everything. I'm like, okay, they go to your page and what do they see? You know. So. He's something that's something that we, we're both working on it on it. But since he's a realtor, obviously, I feel like he needs to bump it up a little bit more. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think these past couple of days and last week, we got a lot of value from the people. But at the end of the day, it's not what we're learning, but what we're implementing into our own business. So, um, I was telling Daniel on our flight back from Orlando, basically what I did. I had my notes, and I was taking notes on my notes. So I had my notes, and then I was like, okay, what are problems that I have right now? Going back to the notes to see how I can, you know, resolve the problem. So basically just write down the problem, the root of the problem, and how I can fix it or a few ways, different ways that I can, I can work them out. So I think it's very important to keep gaining the knowledge, but also trying to apply. Obviously, you won't be able to apply everything. We, we learned a bunch just in this last day and a half. But trying to implement even, you know, one or two things, they're going to go a long way if you do it right. So I think that's something that we've we're going to be trying to do in this this um following you know weeks months years
0: awesome yeah and like that one exercise that we were doing at the end right right before lunch i loved it because it, it really breaks it down it it makes you sit down with yourself and it's like okay you i know i'm struggling with this and you ask yourself those hard questions and then it's like you got to be honest with yourself you'll want to get you know if you want to move forward if you want to progress so it sounds like you did something similar where you took some notes and you're like, okay, this is, this is all the information, but like, how, what exactly can I use to apply right now? And that's great.
2: Yeah. So I really like the, the exercise that, that you mentioned. And I like that they made us do it. He said, at first he um, Ryan said, you know what, on your lunchtime take five minutes. But he was like, hey, I'm going to make you guys do it. And that's great because a lot of people will be like, oh, yeah, I'll do it when I get a chance. But that kind of put the pressure on, us, on the moment and, you know, made us think quick and not, not think about it too much. We just kind of write down what we have to do and and i think that that was great and something that'll we'll probably keep doing for for you know for as long as we can just to maybe even to like bottom, as a daily bottoms.
0: exercise honestly
1: yeah yeah i was listening to uh jordan uh, i think his name is jordan patterson um peterson, peterson yeah, yeah, yeah peterson and he said that you can literally lay down in bed and like ask yourself those hard questions every day and you can come up with the answer, you know, and then execute that. And I, every time I hear anything about something like that, I, I always reminds me, reminds me of him. So just so something that I want to share with you guys.
2: But I think yeah. it's important, like you said, you have to be honest with yourself. Because sometimes you can try to beat, beat around the bush, but you won't really be getting anywhere. By just, you know, telling you what you want to hear, you have to tell yourself what you don't want to hear to be able to, to figure it out. But I, I like that. that or you start that.
0: to, like, negotiate with yourself, yeah. right? And it's like, no, blah, 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 but you know, it's okay, because blah, blah, blah. And, like... No, like, you got to say how it is, even with yourself. Yeah.
2: In, in one interview, Kobe, Kobe said, um, uh, what did he say? He said, let me find the words. He said, there is no negotiating. If you made a contract with yourself, whether it be to wake up or to do something, stop negotiating with, with yourself and just go and do it. Because you already signed that contract, get it done. So I, I think Kobe, he's like a big inspiration to a lot, just because he had, had that mantra, the Mamba mentality, yeah. just to keep refining yourself and getting better each and every day and that's why i think a lot of people look up to him outside of the basketball but you know just in in life in general because he had that one mantra going on
0: yeah most definitely man i'm getting chills with you guys <laughs> it's awesome being around like-minded people what do you say we move on a little bit yeah. to the next part of it uh how did you get into like you know hosting events and, and stuff like that like how did that go about and what were like the early days of that like what
1: yeah absolutely i mean it those were never my plans you know i was just trying to like probably like like all, all of us and the people that are watching this podcast just trying to make it you know uh, maybe like two, two years and a half i were still i was still working construction you know trying to trying to figure it out you know working that nine to five which is absolutely or it's it's good for the right people you know but for some of us i think we just want more life than just money and it's for me i always ask myself this question is like It's not what am I getting paid here, but who am I becoming here? You know who am I becoming? And I learned that from Jim Rohn. I probably listened to every single podcast uh, or audio on YouTube about him. And he always said, like, just it's not what you get; it's who you become. And obviously, when in the early days, when you don't have money, when you don't have much resources or or support, it can you can kind kind of get in your head and be like, no. But it is about money because that, that you you focus on what you don't have. You know, once you obviously you generate some some, some income, you focus on other on bigger things. But you just have to have faith on 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 following uh, instructions from successful people or people that have the results that you have so for me it was you know the pandemic happened um in 20 uh, 2019 I started uh, working with my dad at the radio station doing sales Wanted to learn how to sell. Grand Cardona was hey learning how to sell I was 23 at that time and then um, going through the journey of learning how to sell I would be like oh doesn't work radio doesn't work it's 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 the radio that doesn't work you know it's the industry it's this and that Always blaming uh, exterior factors but never myself like no bro you suck as a person because your lack of discipline your lack of uh, skills you know your lack of effort and so until i was able to understand that then it's when i really made that leap of leap of uh, uh, quantum leap or whatever you call it um yeah yeah and um so 2020 came around i I probably closed my first deal in uh, like $12,000 deal and radio marketing. And then I closed the second one, but then the, the pandemic happened. So they all canceled, oh, you know, so <laughs> I'm like, of course <laughs> that would happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> and but I, then you
0: had, you already had that mind shift. Yeah, so exactly. So you weren't blaming the pandemic anymore. Yeah,
1: no, I wasn't blaming the pandemic. So, but I kind of got in my head. I'm like, dude, what am I going to do? You know, like I'm. Tw- w- that time I was 24. I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I going to... Like, what can I sell right now? Like, the streets... Uh, we actually... we were actually in Vegas. Uh, the the week of the pandemic on, on March, where the cruise was, like, on San Diego, whatever, Vegas, it was, like... There's still some people, but, like, the, the following week, there was nobody. You know, lockdown and all that happened. So we went back to town, and we're like, dude, what are we going to do? He wasn't a real realtor at that time. He was flipping um, some candy machines. He'll get into that. And then... Uh, I'm like hey dad like i I can't just stay here and i was like i can't just stay here at the office doing nothing because i was still still thinking like an employee though you know i was thinking how can i make money now how can i use this disadvantage of the pandemic to build upon whatever's happening you know yeah Yeah, exactly so i'm like i went back to construction 2020 for like two months and then my dad was like hey i found this business that we gotta we gotta capitalize on, and I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. But sometimes, like me, I, insecurities of myself, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Which it was helping our clients, business owners, qualify for the PUA program, the EDD PPP uh, SBA loans, uh, EIDO programs, uh, California relief grants, because um, they were all asking, no, oh, what, what, how can I qualify for those programs? And we're like, dude, I don't even know, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. It was. It was. I was like, we're gonna go back to sales. Try this thing once again. But sometimes you just have to uh, trust. Uh, trust the process and just not quit. And if you quit, just stand up. Go go back. Like I kind of quit doing sales, but I two months later I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to become a contractor or like a construction worker. Nothing wrong with doing that, but me personally, I didn't want to do that. So then I went back to the to, to to the office with the guy with him and my dad, and um, I'm like, okay, let's let's do this. Uh, I'll elaborate on that a little bit, but I'll let this guy talk.
0: Yeah, tell us a little bit about that story, about the flipping the candy machines. Candy
2: machines, yeah. Um, So, basically, just a little bit of background. Ever since I was kind of small, I always try to look for, I don't know, it was like something captivated my interest about um, making money, but, you know, basically exchanging things. So, I think it was more like bartering that really captured my interest. So, when I was like, I don't know, like in the fourth, fifth grade.
0: Like uh, el, El Trueque? (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah that, that kind of deal just figure like figuring out something to do yeah but um when i was like in fourth fifth grade i started making duct tape wallets and that's kind of where i first saw like hey i like i was selling them so i would make them i would buy rolls of duct tape for three bucks and then i would make the duct tape wallets sell each wallet for five bucks i could make like maybe four wallets with one roll of duct tape so it was just kind of like my first taste into kind of like business i guess in 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 that sense so since then i was like hey like there's there's money to be made in a business you just have to have the right product obviously have the right audience and be able to to market it at the time it was like really popular and that's why i got into doing it but i became the best at at what i was doing nice so i was just like literally i would be Just get out of school, do my homework, and then start making duct tape wallets. Go back, sell them with that money. Just go buy more duct tape to make more wallets. It was just that consistent grind. I wasn't even making money at that point because I was just reinvesting Reinvesting. everything back into my business. But, you know, years later, you know, I always looked for deals like that, flip things, you know. Basically, what what I was trying to do when I was in in school because I was young, wasn't really looking for a job or anything like that. But come around to the pandemic, same thing. All the businesses were closed. We were doing sales. But with all the business being closed we couldn't really sell advertisement to businesses that weren't even open so we had to kind of figure out what to do i found uh, a deal somewhere may, might have been on facebook marketplace or something a guy was selling a candy machine and i was going to buy that one candy machine when i show up to his house he had like i don't know like so he had 20, a bunch. 20 yeah. 50. he had a lot he wasn't selling all of them but i ended up working out a deal with him I bought all the like maybe 30 candy machines and there was like extra parts and things like that for like 300 bucks and then i ended up flipping that some i would just sell like just by listing them or by um either like painting fixing them up repairing some things because there was a lot of extra parts but i remember taking them home and then obviously you know my parents were like why you guys wait why do you have all these candy machines you're not gonna be able to sell them <laughs> you just bought this guy's junk right so I, that kind of was you know they were kind of like unmotivating me about the idea but i was like hey you know what i'm just gonna see it through um i saw a vision so if you have that vision i just just like a little side note just go for it what i did was i, w- I would go onto ebay if i would find a flip look how much it was be- look how much that item would be sold for or how much it has been sold for in the past in the last let's say a month so i know i can get at least that for for whatever i'm selling so if you're trying to flip something go to ebay click on sold listings and you'll see what that same item has been sold for in the past just just like in case you want to flip anything Just, like comps in real estate exactly same
0: same idea e- yeah.
2: exactly so then i ended up listing them on on uh was it ebay and then from there you know they would sell from 70 to 180 a pop depending on the condition wow. and stuff like and that
0: and you got you got each one for how much oh, like a unit it was like 10
2: bucks per, per unit, unit? Oh and then on top of that it was around maybe you know, I just had a bunch of like extra pieces to fix them and stuff. So when I would sell them, I could negotiate with the people. I didn't understand how it worked at all. On the first one I sold, I lost money. But then I got down a system where I could make money not only on the machine, but if I fixed it, if I cleaned it up, if I painted it, I could make more money. And then on the shipping, I could also make money through eBay. Um, but at first, I didn't know any of that. So it's just kind of, just kind of get going if you're trying to do something get going and you're going to figure it out on the way obviously if you can learn it from somebody else it's better but if there's no other option because i mean candy machines isn't really something that's really spoken about i would
0: have never thought of it but <laughs> just get
2: going and you're going to figure it out
1: but, yeah so yeah. meanwhile i was over here working construction you know just wanted work you know get, get my hands on something he was over here trying to flip those those candy machines. I'm like, well, if it works for you, bro, that works for you. For me, I'm a show to work and just go, go framing, you know? I'm um, going into that the question that you asked me, how did it end up in the concert? So my dad, prior when he was an employee for a radio station, he was always like a manager, you know, or like a, like a worker. Then he got his own radio station. The pandemic happened. And then um, we couldn't do any any concerts at that time. I wasn't doing. We weren't really active in the concert or anything. Uh, we were trying to just trying to figure it out, you know. Um, and then during the pandemic, he was flipping things. I was uh, working in the company construction. And then uh, my dad, our, our dad, tells us, "Hey, I found this gig, which is helping our clients that we already had um, qualify for all the programs at the." Uh,
0: yeah that you mentioned before yeah yeah. what i
1: mentioned and we're like all right so i quit my i'm like hey bro i gotta go back to to sales and they're like there you go again you know and i'm like hey i I, I gotta make it one way or the other you know so went back started helping clients you know uh, my dad was the only one doing accounts just like maybe like 10 accounts a, a week i got there the second week. We were I got there. we weren't we didn't even know what to do man I mean we didn't even know what a uh, uh, sketch C was uh, S Corp LLC uh, profit and loss page for a sole proprietor, sole proprietor corporation. they are just things you don't uh, worry about until you start. Until right. 940 forms yeah, exactly. With the, with the employee, like this, this all this information. Right? But we just started with what we knew, and and we trusted our dad. So he's like, just I was like, all right, we know that you got a call and book appointments. So I right, that's what we did. We called and book appointments. We called them, but the people would show up. We would submit the EDD application, and it was a bust because there were the system was like saturated. So the first like a hundred applications they didn't even go to submit it they got i don't know they just went i don't know where they went they were lost, they lost oh in man system. and aparte, we sucked at cold calling at first because uh, we had everything really cold called and we suck at selling too so we were <laughs> charging 300 bucks at that time for the for the process not just for the application for the process which it took like two months you know oh and damn at that time we were like Dude, that's a lot of money charging you, you know yeah. thinking you just think differently, you know, yeah. because you, you think like an em- employer, because we're making $300 profit on a flip or whatever, we think, well, that's good. Yeah, well, it's good compared to our standards, right. you know. There's, you right. know there, 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 there's levels into into selling. And then, as we moved forward, we started We got our first 100 clients each. Oh, 200 damn. clients each. But you got to understand, and obviously, we grew pretty quick. Uh, understand that each client Qualify for each program, so okay. one client equaled five programs.
0: Gotcha. So that was five
1: applications, so that was technically 500 clients. Right. So we, it was too much for us to be honest, because we were marketing on, the all our leads we got it from the radio, and the phone would not stop ringing. Wow. Literally
2: every half hour would be booked. Literally half half hour, that's half hour. We'd take a lunch, like literally just close the door, eat 15 minutes, back to work. Wow. And it was all day, but it was just like. It was good because it, it did sharpen our skills at skills. Sorry, at, at talking with people. Yeah. Negoti not negotiating, but like you know, we didn't really have to close too much, but we did have to sell them on the phone right. because they had to trust us because exactly obviously we're dealing with all their business information and stuff like that. But I think we were we were able to do it pretty well.
1: Yeah, our clientele's were 99% Hispanics, so obviously you gotta. You got to learn how to speak to them yeah so they don't trust anybody right um, they want to go to an office they don't work like you, you can like not Facebook through the phone and <laughs> and not and on they, the website convert, no. you know uh, you got to know your culture so me i got to really understand my culture which is the, the, the hispanic people and anything that i do now i want to focus on that mm. not not just because well, once there's a lack of uh under, they're underserved right. you know right. definitely and two I, I i truly believe that i can provide value to them you know, so we were in that journey for like we said it was just gonna last three months. Ended up lasting two years and a half. Wow! Uh, we started charging three hundred dollars uh, per application, and then we ended up uh, uh, some clients charging a hundred thousand dollars.
2: Wow! <laughs> but it was a shift in our mindset that yeah. led us to believe that we could do that. Exactly. Yeah. Because at first we we're like, oh, like you know, if we we think that three hundred bucks was a lot because of where we were at at the time. And that's, that's where our mind was at So we couldn't really charge anything more than that Because we weren't comfortable Then we would start acting like Oh, we're going to charge him too much Even if it's just like three, 400 bucks But then once you start taking authority In the person that you're becoming You're able to be like This is my service This is my price If you want it we we can save you. And
1: I think the biggest shift is knowing what you're doing because at first it's hard to charge for something that you don't know what you're doing. You know and just, that's why they say you should just do it for free. But then you can charge because you know it works. So for example, at the beginning we were charging 300 bucks. I didn't know if it was true or not. But then once I started seeing the results, 15,000 the client got 15,000, 30,000, 50,000 from the EDD, then the PPP uh, for employees and then and then they switched the 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 Uh, The Biden administration came in and they switched the whole, the whole structure, and then now the sole proprietors were able to qualify for the PPP. They came out with the California grant, which is like five, fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars. PPP was depending on how much you reported on your uh, profit and loss. And then um, there was the SBA. There was a bunch of little programs, you know. And uh, and then knowing that you you were the you we were the persons to go to, at least in the Hispanic hispanic community it's up uh-huh. it, so they still to this day i still get calls right now at the convention i still get called for that we like like, there's nothing right now but we got to find something there's other programs that we're looking forward into but you know we're just learned to try to focus on one right. Thing right now exactly that was just kind of like we, we got into that because
0: and a necessity
1: we, uh, yeah and then there was we couldn't do what we were doing mm-hmm. and we saw a lack of uh, uh we, we saw a need Mm-hmm. And we feel we we, we feel that, that need. Obviously, with the guidance of having a mentor, or dad. Because they, that idea didn't come from me or him. You know, gotcha. Or, you know, it, it wouldn't have. And and the, I think that's the biggest lesson for me is having a guidance or having a mentor in your life, whether it's your parents or your, somebody that's that has the results that you want to have. And then um, yeah, hundred percent. And and then you you become the person that can make it happen, and that's where you can charge more. Obviously, now we're not talking about. The per- the, if somebody's going to pay you $100,000 obviously you got to bring a couple million to that. So that was the case scenario on those clients.
0: Gotcha. Well that's that's great that you, you know that your dad is, that you see him as your mentor and that's actually a perfect segue for the next part of the podcast where I like to ask the guests about their upbringing. You know it sounds like your dad has been very business oriented right for for a while. How did, how did the your guys' upbringing you know how well first of all how was it and how do you think it affected how you guys do business today
2: i think it would start even before our upbringing like our, our father's upbringing Hopping, making the transition from you know a nine to five to like earning on commission is definitely a, a big step like you like you, you mentioned, you mentioned that to you- us you, you quit your nine to five making that transition is not easy especially when there's family or you know friends that are telling you hey you know what what are you trying to do like just stick to what we know that works because it works. Don't try to do anything else because you're not going to be able to be successful at it. You're not going to be able to make money. You're just going to, you know, turn back, ra- turn back yeah. around and come back here and keep working because that's all they knew how to do. So for him, he had that, you know, I would guess it would be kind of like opposition from either like friends or family just because they don't really know anything. And, and if you only know how to do a nine-to-five, that's how you're going to be, be able to do, right? So he had a little bit of that but opposition, but facing those challenges built him to you know believe in himself and also be able to believe in other people like us he's also been able to mentor other people as well and get them you know same results but obviously they have to put in the work he just kind of provides the value you know based on his past experiences and being able to uplift people because he knows the the, the process that he went that he went through and that that could be something that others go through as well
1: yeah a little details about the process like he started a he was a uh, he was working at Jack in the Box, uh, just as an employee. He you know back then there was no social media, no nobody could get in the media like how oh, we're doing right now. We're right. recording, shooting, it and sending it up, up to the media. Back then it was just TV and radio. That's it. They controlled the monopoly. They could just control the whole media. You know, so it wasn't like you just apply to a radio station and get a job. You know, uh, so he was he's always been passionate about the radio. So he eventually got he got in, an internship. For I don't know, I think for thirty days or whatever, and then he got hired after. After obviously to get the internship, he was going every single day. Right. They actually hired him because when one of the times that he, he went to the office, he had a book the uh, the Amway organization, the Amway, the M- like Amway. M- a- oh, okay. yeah, you know, they Yeah. Really good at uh, mastering the the educational self development. Uh, Aspect of the business, right? So he went to one of the meetings to give him a book, and that book he was reading it, changed his mindset. He went to one of the uh, internships at the radio station, he got hired. But he
2: didn't get hired to, like, hey, you yeah. know, you're a top dog now. No. Basically, somebody wasn't able to work, so they said, hey, you know what, we'll bring you in. But at the time, radio station, right now, it has developed super drastically over the last, let's say, 20 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, everything's on the computer, all the songs, everything. Back then, each single song that would be played on air you had to put a cassette in so he, he was that cassette guy you he put the cassette guy. in uh-huh. and that's all you do you put the cassette in you take it out you put the next one and then after that they let him say hey you know what you, he, he wanted to he wanted to be on there. he wanted to speak but no you can't get that opportunity you like nobody could you have to go to school for that you have to get so a uh-huh. after that they said you know what you can start saying the time so he would only go yeah. on and say hey you know what
0: son las son las 10 de la tarde uh-huh.
2: or whatever that's So. Awesome. That that's kind of how he he got started into that line so of work. He
1: then the company got, got sold. He got fired because the company got sold. But then he got rehired. Another company became a, a, a general manager um, of, the, of the of the of the radio station. And then throughout the years, uh, he became manager to more radio stations. you know, and then he obviously his dream was always to own his own radio station. So he got his his first radio station, and then. Um, you know that's,
0: that, that's a little bit yeah big story. No, that's awesome. So I'm sh- I can see how you know seeing his example, I'm like you're like okay, like he's doing something different. My dad is doing something different, and I'm sure that that's probably where like your entrepreneurship spirit yeah, came I right. Think, I think that's from prob- such a young age. That's because probably where that. it would
2: come from. Like seeing him go against the current. Obviously, even when I when I graduated from high school, I was just like, dude, I don't want to like I don't want to work for commission i and when i was 17 i got offered a job at the dmv the lady said hey you know what i see your your id you're going to be turning 18 in like a month or so come next week we're going to be having a training you can start with a salary of four thousand dollars and just build up from there so at that time i was like dude four thousand bucks that's it's a bunch of money like why would i pass up on that opportunity and my dad was like no dude like try out sales and you, you know it's going to be good for you in the long long run and i was like I would get frustrated in sales because I didn't know how to sell. You didn't quite you know? understand. Yeah. Getting out of high school, all you know is like you're you just sit down, whatever, you do tests, whatever. Life in sales is completely different. Mm-hmm. So you just have to like like you said, you have to trust your mentor. At first I was just like, I just wanna work. I don't wanna I just wanna go to work and then just leave and go home and that's it. I don't like I just leave my work at my work and just go home. And now it's like my work is like you know, I work a little bit here, a little bit there. It's kind of all over the day just because it's the line of work I'm in. I'm a realtor, so it's like sometimes I have to pick up the phone for my client. Sometimes I have to send offers at late in the night or, you know, respond to emails early in the morning or go to showings, go to inspections, different type of things throughout the day. But at the end of the day, it's worth it because the person that we became, we, we, I want to become. So.
0: And there you have it. That is part one of this awesome awesome conversation that i had with carlos and daniel this has been a long time coming the audio file itself was actually lost at some point it was a whole thing but i'm so glad that we're finally able to share at least the audio version of this conversation there are more nuggets in there about what it's like to pursue the entrepreneur life what it's been like for them So stay tuned for the next episode and also upcoming episodes. We've got a great lineup coming up. Thank you so much for being with us today, and we'll catch you on the next one. This has been a Redbird Studio Productions. Hope you've enjoyed the program.